Consumers suddenly flocking to restaurants for plant-based foods has to be good for a chain with veggie in its name, right? Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, executive editor with Restaurant Business Magazine, and in this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, I talk with Steve Healy, the CEO of the fast casual chain Veggie Grill. He answers that very question, and we discuss the plant-based trend, why it's working, and where it's headed. We also talk about Veggie Grill's growth, its plan for franchising, and its use of technology. Please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Steve Healy. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. My pleasure. So, um, really, I, I probably don't need to tell you that, uh, right, we are hearing all sorts of things about plant-based this, plant-based that. You've got uh, Burger King of all chains moving into a plant-based burger. What's your thoughts on that uh, movement, and does that help you or not? We think it's fantastic. You know, I think the, the, the consumer's figuring out that um, plant-based foods, um, I think intuitively people know that they're better for them from a health perspective, but I think people are discovering plant-based foods now that they can be delicious as well and a great alternative to meat and dairy and other you know animal products. And uh, whether they eat it every day or, you know, one day a week, Let's say they do a meatless Monday. I think people are discovering that um, this food can be delicious. And I think what's happening with the plant-based burgers is fantastic um, for the, the plant-based movement. And, you know, you know, we're sort of the leaders and innovators and 100% plant-based. So for us, we see it as a good sign because it, it can be an entry point for consumers that might not have otherwise sought out plant-based foods, but with the you know broad distribution that you're seeing in the QSRs and maybe they go into Carl's Jr. and try uh, a Beyond Burger and go, wow, that's really good. I like this. I can do this. I know it's better for me. What else is out there and what other plant-based foods are, are out there? And it's sort of the start of their journey towards um, discovering, you know, how good plant-based foods can be. Mm-hmm. So does it give you a sort of a, a halo effect and people, you know, they, you know, the, or, and they, they try maybe one of these burgers and then, and then decide, you know, Hey, let's, let's kind of expand our, our plant-based options and then uh, seek out your chain. We think so. You know, I think some people will try and go, Oh, I tried it. I like it. It's okay. And maybe I'll eat one every once in a while, but I think other folks yeah, we'll try it and go, wow, that's good. What else is out there? And I think they'll, you know, so I tried a burger and I like, you know, salads or chicken sandwiches or those kind of things. And um, what else is out there? So I think that's when they look to seek out um, companies like Veggie Grill that have, a, you know, we have a very broad menu, lots of offerings. And it's sort of the same type of discovery when people come into Veggie Grill because the, our food tastes like people expect it to taste like. So, if you order a chicken sandwich, it tastes like a chicken sandwich. It's not something that we're trying to convince people tastes like a chicken sandwich. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we we have a carne asada burrito on our menu. And you, when you eat our carne asada burrito, it tastes like carne asada. So I think that's – we view it as positive for those folks that want to continue on this, this journey of exploring plant-based foods because they'll seek out, you know, these other, you know, more innovative – types of things and you know i think burgers are one of the great common denominators in american food mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's, you know, you, that and pizza. So you couldn't pick, you know, a, a better food product to, to um, go to market for people to try plant-based. Mm-hmm. I think one of the difference, one of the real big differences, I think, of this trend, and, or I think what, what uh, people have sort of figured out is certainly in the restaurant business, this stuff has to taste good. I don't go to a restaurant and, and I mean, look, if I'm going to eat, if I'm going to eat like really healthy, um, uh, and, uh, I'm just, I mean, most of the time I'm just going to make it at home because then I can control how many calories is in it. And I still need to indulge when I go to a restaurant, even when I want to feel good about myself. And so that's what I think is sort of the difference here is, is, is that it, it's, it, you know, this, the current trend right now is focused on products that really, um, uh, taste really good. Uh, first and foremost, um, you know, I mean, you know, they're better for the planet and maybe better for you, but you know, f- first and foremost, that's sort of a key element in, in the restaurant space. Would you agree with that or? Oh, hundred percent, you know, and then that's been one of our key learnings over the years is we've, um, you know, involved the brand and involved our food platform is that the food's not craveable, it's not delicious, whether it's, you know, an indulgent item or more of a whole veggie type of item, which, you know, we have both on our menu. If, if it doesn't taste really good or if you're trying to convince people of what it should taste like, it generally falls flat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, one of the things that's a trend in, in plant-based eating is, is jackfruit. So there's, you know, this, this um, product called jackfruit out there that a lot of vegetarian restaurants will use as a platform for things like pulled pork or, you know, their version of pulled pork or other types of more stewed type meats. And we've, we've been working with jackfruit now for a few years and you know, you could put sauce in it and you know, you could say, okay, this is barbecue jackfruit and you put barbecue sauce on it and say, okay, this is like a pulled pork sandwich. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't, it's not like a pulled pork sandwich. It doesn't have the same consistency and the same bite. And so we've we've tried jackfruit for a couple of years and have made a conscious decision not to use it because it doesn't taste like barbecue pulled pork. Um, where on the other hand, we found some innovative protein manufacturers that do have um, you know analogs. We call them analogs that do taste like the real thing. But I think it, you know to your point. Um, you know, you can't just offer, and that's you know, one of the things that, you know, a part of our food platform is if you want indulgent, you can get indulgent. If you do want whole veggie items that are more whole grains and veggies and fruits and nuts, then a lot of folks do want that option. And it might be the same consumer on different days. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Um, not, not People aren't going to eat Beyond Burgers, or most people aren't going to eat Beyond Burgers or Impossible Burgers every day because even though they're plant-based and they're better for you, they're still, you know, fairly caloric and that type of thing. So, um, you know, I think in, in, you know, it depends on where someone's at on their food journey. I mean, we get everybody from, you know, pure vegans that eat this food every day to folks that are just kind of dipping their toe in the water and wanting to see, okay, what is this plant-based thing all about? But yeah, I think, I think you've, you've, you've struck a couple of chords about, you know, the popularity of the burgers and, you know, there is some criticism about it, but I think 
in, in the long run, it's beneficial if it exposes more people to, you know, plant-based foods, but it's got to taste good. At the end of the day, it, it you know, it, even though it's, it's healthier or better for you, if it doesn't taste great, people won't come back and order it again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. So how, who would you say your, your, your customer base is? It's, it's one of the, the other interesting elements about this is, you know, the, this particular trend isn't really targeting vegetarians so much as, as people who just want to feel a little bit better about what they're eating, whether, whether it's, you know, whether they're trying to cut down on meat or they just feel it's better for the environment or whatever. What, what's, what's your, what is your customer base right now? It's, it's surprisingly broad. And mm-hmm. in general, uh, the way I would class our, our target customer base is what we call the veggie positive. So a veggie positive is, is someone who has made a conscious decision to incorporate more vegetables, grain, whole grains, fruits, nuts in their diet. So it's a mindful consumer who has made this uh, conscious decision to, um, to eat better. And it's not a casual consumer who says, you know, I think I just want to like try this plant-based food. It's, it's, um, they've already been triggered and, you know, our guests come at, at this from a lot of different angles. So for some people, they're vegans. They believe in the vegan lifestyle. They don't believe in eating animal products. Some people come at it from a health perspective. There's a big growing contingent of the fitness world now that's going plant-based. It's a huge trend in the, in, athletics and fitness, you know, that, that world's figured out that it's the most efficient way to eat and fuel your body and recover by eating plant-based foods. In fact, um, a documentary was, uh, just came out, it was in theaters and it's hitting release on the streaming services, um, called the game changers. And it was produced by, um, Jim Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, some other people. It's about, um, how, how plant-based is now, um, becoming, a core um, belief in the the athletic world. It also talks about plant-based eating, but um, so, you know, people come at it from different perspectives, but from a demographic point of view, it's pretty broad. I mean, we get all age groups. Um, we get all ethnicities. Um, we do skew, I will say we do skew more heavily um, as a percentage of the population, millennial and Gen Z. And so those age groups, they don't have a lot of the old perceptions around vegetarian food that maybe older generations do. Um, you know, where in the days where it was, you know, steamed broccoli and brown rice and, and tofu, um, they, they've been exposed to, you know, this sort of this new world of, uh, of vegetarian eating, plant-based eating, and they want to eat this food. It's not trying to convince them they should try it or, you know, come in and, and give it a swing, but they, they want to eat this food. So, you know, as, as those age groups get into their spending years, uh, particularly Gen Z, because, you know, this is sort of college age. And, you know, one of the things that, that Veggie Grill made a conscious decision to do was to seek out opportun- opportunities in the university space. So we opened a, a restaurant in, in UCLA um, last year in the student union and it's doing fantastic. So we're actually, um, we have an exclusive deal with Sodexo to open veggie grills in universities hmm. because that, that age group is saying you have to have plant-based food for us. And so, um, you know, I think 
Um, but in general, it's these veggie positives. When we first did the research about four or five years ago, we estimated is about 20% of the adult population of the U.S. And now those numbers, fast forward to today, they're in the 42 to 45% range of this group of, of people that are now making a conscious choice to seek out plant-based foods. The great thing is in the on the food manufacturing side, there's a lot more great plant-based products coming to market and not just the burgers. It's, you know, plant-based milks, plant-based dairy products, plant-based meats, um, uh, and prepared foods that now have the label plant-based. So it's, it's, it's growing rapidly and it's, it's really a movement. It's a change in the food system. Mm -hmm. Does that make your life a, a little bit easier? Uh, because, uh, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the, the development, the amount of innovation and development on this front has been, um, has been absolutely incredible really over the last few years. Um, and I, I mean, I, beyond, you know, uh, beyond meat and impossible foods are, are sort of a, just a subset of that, but there's just been sure. so much activity on this front. There has, and it's accelerating. And, you know, there's the, there's the sort of consumer side, but there's also the sustainability side. So, you know, the current, you know, industrial food system, it just isn't sustainable over the long run. I mean, we can't feed the planet with the current food system. And that's why there's a lot of degradation going on of the environment in different parts of the world, because a lot of you know, deforestation and abuse of the planet is based on, you know, the, the industrial, um, you know, livestock and, and, and dairy industry. So, you know, I, in, in, in a macro level, we can't feed the planet in the long run unless we develop more, more plant-based foods. Um, so there, you know, there's the added benefit of not just the innovation and flavors and, and these food products, but I think the consumer now is making the connection between, the food system and the environment and the future of the planet. And I think that's where it takes on some special meaning for consumers. But I think what we'll see happen is as these companies mature and these new products are developed and they get scale, we believe that, and not in the distant future, but the, the near future that these plant-based products will actually be more economical to the consumer than their, animal equivalents. And I think that's when we'll see just a complete transformation of the food system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as, as plant-based, let's take plant-based burgers, for example, as companies get scale and, you know, they innovate because that's always what happens with new, it's no different with like an iPhone. When the iPhone first came out, it was like crazy expensive or personal computers. And then over time, as you get scale and there's more competition and, you know, everybody sort of jumps in the game and figures out efficiencies. And um, these plant-based burgers today are relatively expensive compared to their meat counterparts. But over time, um, they'll actually become much more economical to produce. Um, definitely shorter life cycle because today it goes from plants, the animals eat the plants, and then you have these long cycles for the, the animals to grow and then go through the whole process of, of processing them, then it gets to the consumer. These, these plant-based items go directly from plants to the product. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the the whole middle part of that goes away. And so naturally it'll become more economical. And um, 
and so as 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 the, as price comes down, um, I think it'll it'll unlock even another subset of people that that look at it and go, well, okay, I can get these these plant based items are less expensive than meat based items. Why wouldn't I want to eat them? It's mm-hmm. just one more layer to the you know the argument of you know why would you want to eat plant based food? Right. Right. Yeah, I, that's tends to be one of the biggest concerns that I have, certainly in the short term, because, you know, especially if you look at some of these analogs, um, they are more expensive uh, to to consume. Then, I mean, it's it's a lot cheaper for me to go out and get ground beef and make my own hamburgers than it is for me to get Beyond Meat or you know a Beyond Meat burger or or sure. possible foods. So, I mean, fundamentally they have to come down if this is going to be the change that people say it is. But for the most part right now, it seems that, that the consumers seem to be willing to pay higher prices for this stuff, at least right now, or at least the consumers that are. Sure. No. Paid. Yeah. I, I think these mindful consumers uh, are willing to pay more for quality. They're, they're willing to pay more for the, the differentiation of plant base. I think, the bigger audience um, will certainly, um, I think, make that leap as these products get better and better. And what's great, you know, with companies like, you know, Beyond Me in particular, you know, we have a pretty close relationship with them. They continue to innovate. They're already on 2.0 on the Beyond Burger. And, you know, um, Ethan Brown, who's the CEO, is a friend, real, real friend of our company. He's like, we're going to continue to innovate this product and innovate this product and innovate this product. So I think it's going to become more and more and more like um, like meat equivalents. But, you know, what's interesting, if you go back to back in time, originally a lot of some of the soy-based meat substitutes were developed, even going back to World War II when um, there were sort of these shortages of meat and they were looking for economical ways to make meat substitutes. And they've had some of these substitutes in Asia for years. So, like, if you see some of, like, the fake crab and that kind of stuff, the surimi and all that, mm-hmm. those were all developed as, you know, economical alternatives to, to the real products. So I think it's, it's interesting how it's kind of coming full cycle now. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the you know, the, the bigger audience, sort of maybe the, the you know, folks that, you know, or in food deserts or, you know, eat fast food because that's what they have access to and it's economical in that. That's what I'm excited about for the, for the long run is when those folks will be able to, will be able to remove barriers to those folks on eating plant-based foods. So they won't have to spend, you know, $2 more for a burger and actually it might even be more economical for them. Then the choice is a lot easier. And that's exciting to think about that future for, for people. Right. Yeah. All that said, I mean, I think that the level of enthusiasm for this stuff right now is is has been off the charts. I, I haven't quite seen anything uh, like it. Um, uh, the amount of interest in in these particular products, and and certainly the level of curiosity that we're seeing right now has been fairly incredible. But um, let's 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 switch gears a little bit and talk a, uh, uh, about Veggie Grill uh, in a little bit sure. more detail. You have uh, thirty one units, and you're you're focused a little bit now on uh, your your turning towards college campuses how are how are things going uh actually we have 35 um yeah we're we're continuing to grow the brand on on more of a national footprint um we're getting ready to open our first store in the boston area Uh, actually going to open on sunday we're going to open our first new york uh restaurant next month um manhattan so we're going to 
we're going to look to build out a number of stores um, in those markets. We opened in Chicago last year, and uh, we're opening. We opened three there. We're going to open a fourth store um, next month. And you know, we still have a lot of opportunity in um, our, our core um, markets that we're in on the West Coast. So, um, you know, we're going to continue to open uh, company restaurants in, in those markets. Um, we do have um, an opportunity in university, so we have our agreement with Sodexo, and they're going to open a, a number of restaurants over the next few years. And we're also looking um, at, at the possibility of, of, of uh, franchising the brand um, so that we can uh, grow it a little bit of a faster scale. We, we made a conscious decision the last few years not to franchise because we really wanted to control the, the, the brand growth, the quality of the brand. But we believe there's an opportunity to, to grow faster and get more market penetration if we partner up with um, really strong um, franchise area developers to get, you know, to go into some of the markets where we know we won't be able to open company restaurants over the next few years. And we've actually had a pretty strong demand um, and interest in franchising. So we're moving forward on um, and teeing up a model where we can um, partner with some, some great operators um, to also uh, franchise the brand. So we're excited about that and uh, looking forward to getting in some markets where we, we didn't, didn't think we might be able to get into the next few years, but we believe we'll be able to mm-hmm. uh, with this combination of, of company stores and franchise stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When do you anticipate being uh, opening up franchises? Um, we're, we're looking to start um, doing development agreements in, in the, the first part of 2020. Um, in, in Q1 of 2020. So uh, conceivably, we could start opening franchise restaurants next year, depending on how fast you know um, the franchise area developers can can open restaurants. But yeah, you know, we're looking to next year to really get into the into the franchising game. And we also have interest in in international um, and a lot of interest in international because there's a, a burgeoning uh, plant based market in you know some of the the big international uh, markets. So um, we're also in conversation with a, a few groups about international um, licensing of the brand as well. Particularly, um, we have, there's a lot of interest in the Middle East and in the EU and mm-hmm. uh, in Veggie Grill. Right. So that, that's that's something we're exploring um, right now with um, some some uh, some some pretty good partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that there you would have a, a lot of very, very uh, veggie grill friendly markets uh, if you uh, expanded outside of the United States. It, it seems like the the you know that particular the market for I'm not saying that the U.S. isn't a good one because uh, clearly it is as we've been talking about, but um, you know that it, it it seems actually even more developed um, in terms of, you know, demand for plant-based food seems to be more developed outside of the United States. Um, at this no, no, I think you're right. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And there, there's some, there's some, uh, some markets in some countries where vegetarian food is, is, uh, the norm and has actually been cultural or, or religion based for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years. So, you know, you take India, for example, mm-hmm. there's, there's a huge population of, of, of um, of vegetarians and so obviously they love to eat their their um their own you know regional food but they also love american brands and if you look at what some of the big brands have done when they've gone into markets like india is they've had to develop vegetarian items on their menu and 
So with Veggie Grill to have the, you know, sort of these known American products that people really know and love and go into a market where it's, it's actually vegan, there's no animal products. You know, the, the, the great thing is that's our platform. We just go in and, and open up and, you know, we might have to tweak the, some of the, the menu ingredients or the spice levels or that kind of thing. But yeah, we think it, we think it could be a, a great opportunity for us and the demand, the demand's there. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, we're, 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 we're definitely exploring that, um, currently and particularly going in this next year on actually, um, you know, realizing some of those opportunities. Yeah. How are you doing on, um, how are you doing on the technology front? This is something I, I ask everybody, uh, because it's like <laughs> top of mind on, on, on admit with many operators and many people listening, frankly. Oh, sure. No, it's every restaurateur's opportunity and nightmare, right? So <laughs> um, technology is more important than ever, really at every level. Um, and it's um, and every day it presents new opportunities and challenges. So, you know, on the upside, the consumer has embraced technology. Um, at Veggie Grow, we, we, we continue to innovate and try to, to try to stay with the demand curve on what the consumer is looking for. Um, you know, we, we got into, um, you know, delivery many years ago, even before, you know, sort of the current momentum of, uh, of, you know, all the third party delivery services, you know, we've had online ordering for many years. We have a digital app. Um, we now are all of our new restaurants. We're putting uh, mobile order kiosks in. We found that consumers want to use uh, mobile kiosks. They like using mobile kiosks. Uh, our check average is actually higher on mobile kiosks, and um, they, they like the the user interface. Um, you know, we, we do uh, most of our marketing now is all digital. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think it, we're we, we're trying to adopt as fast as we're capable of, and as fast as our resources will let us in in this new new digital age. And you know, we we we've, we've had an initiative that um, is ongoing, but it started a couple of years ago called VG Your Way, where the, the spirit of it is any way that the consumer wants to use us, we ultimately want to be as convenient as possible because I think convenience in, in fast casual has become the, it, it's, it's the expectation. It's not even, do you want to do it? Should you do it? I think from the consumer, um, you know, they, they expect the same things from restaurants that they now get from, you know, the, the other either retail or, you know, it's sort of the Uber driving Amazon ordering consumer that expects that same kind of convenience out of restaurants. So um, we're spending more than ever on IT and digital innovation. And, um, you know, the biggest challenges for restaurants, and I'm sure you've heard this from other operators, is dealing with what we call the IT stack. So it's how do you integrate all these things together in a way where, where you create some kind of holistic system? And so that, that always continues to be a challenge. And then what do you do with all this data, right? So there's, there's all this great data. And so, so being able to use this data, whether it's for, for marketing or for, for consumer insight or, you know, it, it could be, you know, we've done a lot of work on using data on the efficiency of our restaurants. You know, how how fast can we get transactions through? What do we need to do with equipment to have um, better transaction time? How do we 
to use technology in the kitchen so we can get you know faster order times and more throughput in our super busy urban restaurants. So um, I think you know technology just across all platforms is now um, a, you know a, a huge a huge part of doing business and will continue to be um, a challenge and an opportunity. And you know we're we're investing as much as we can and trying to be forward looking on technology, but it's clearly a challenge. I mean, you know, we're, we're working on trying to fully implement, um, have integration on with the the DSPs delivery service partners. And, you know, it's a challenge Mm -hmm. because there's no, there's no one single platform that seems to do it all. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I think it's getting better. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, we're making progress, but, um, yeah, I think, um, it's probably the same thing that a lot of operators are, are, are dealing with is, um, you know, this, this opportunity and challenge balance. And I, I think we all have to accept that we, we have to continue to invest on a forward looking basis or you get left, you get left behind. I mean, the consumer's not gonna, they're not going to wait while, while you kind of, you know, fiddle around and spend a year figuring something out. Um, they, you know, they, they really want um, that convenience and that at their fingertips um, sort of um, interaction with brands. And, you know, it's, it's, it's um, the business is changing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, dining in traffic is still an important part of our business. Um, but I think the consumer is saying, we want to use your brand in, in a lot of other different ways and maybe not as much me walking in your door but I certainly want you, um, while I'm watching Netflix, you know, and, and, um, I want that convenience of you bringing the food to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, con- convenience always wins in the restaurant space. I think that's been proven out for, for a long time. Um, at this point, sir, um, this was fantastic. I really appreciate you joining us this week. Jonathan, my pleasure. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. And I really enjoyed it. And that is it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which, as always, was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. You can find this and other episodes on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash podcast. You can also find them on iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine. Thank you for listening.